LOI Match Day on Off the Ball. Dean George from Treaty United. It's great that you've joined us on the podcast this week. Um, I want to ask you first, listen, we started with the bad stuff, Cove Ramblers. That was your last match before the international break. It must have been a hugely frustrating night keeping them uh, out of your goal for 80 minutes then conceding then and losing the match 1-0 it must have been a, a bad way I suppose to go off for that international break yeah look it was, it was a difficult one uh, to take um, I think you know probably when you're entering into the last 10-15 minutes of any game especially towards the break I'd, I'd say both teams probably w- would have taken a draw um, the way the game was going now I think in the first half I think our, our keeper like like Shane done done really well and Cove arguably could have been one or two up. But I think we came out in the second half and, and, and we created a couple of chances and we had some some clear cut chances in that second half as well in the first kind of fifteen, twenty minutes. And the way the game was going, it was probably, you know, probably a, a draw would have been a fair result. But um to concede for the last like ten minutes and, and going into the break then with a with a loss wasn't wasn't ideal. But um you know, at the same time, going into the break, it gives you time to kind of think, kind of rethink, have a look, adjust, uh, and be ready then for the next game. Then after the break, yeah. Now the international break, it's a, uh, I suppose, quite novel for first division clubs this season. What, what do you make of it yourself? Do you think it's a good thing? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Um, I think it's a good chance for for clubs to reset. I think, you know, I know a couple of clubs around the league. They kind of some of them stay training and 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 kind of doing a little kind of mini camp or whatever little friendlies while while the break is on but but I think it's more important to kind of reset because it's a long summer it's a long league there's I think if I'm if I'm correct there's like 18 or so games left you know so still a lot of football to be played so to have that break that week off where you can just reset um, and come back fresh then I think is important Yeah because I suppose it's something we don't think about too much or talk to League of Ireland players about too much is the fact that you do sacrifice a lot, obviously, to be a professional footballer, semi-professional, whatever the case may be. But the fact that you play through the summer as well, you miss an awful lot, don't you? Yeah, well, like this is it. Now, for, for me, it, it works well, you know, because I get the best of both worlds. Then I get to focus on my football during the summer and then I kind of work a lot then during the off-season, during winter and stuff like that. So for me personally, it works well. But you know, in saying that, your, your summer, you're giving up your summer, like you're giving up months of, of travel or time abroad or, or things you might want to do with your family or friends. You know, you, you don't really get to do that. You know, I had, I had friends going on, on J1s after college and, and stuff like that. And, and you just, you don't get to experience that because obviously your league is through the summer. So, you know, it has its pros and cons. I kind of like to look more at the pros side of things, but um, there is cons, like you don't get to travel, you don't get to explore like, you know, other players or other people do. But, um, you know, you also get the kind of the good weather and the the football during the summer as well. So you, you can't really complain. You get the best really of, of the pitches and stuff like that as well. Absolutely. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned your job there. I know we spoke off air about your, your career in teaching. You're you're not the only one in the first division. It seems to be quite a, a popular profession amongst first division footballers. How do you find that the um uh, the task of trying to find that balance between work and, and uh, playing football in the League of Ireland? Yeah, it's... um. It's difficult. Look, I've always, you know, I've always had to juggle football and college and football and part-time work and football and work. So it's something I've always, I've always known, I've always had with me since I was like, you know, 15, 16, traveling from secondary school, 
where I was in school in Kenny up to Dublin to play football and stuff like that. So I've always kind of had a long commute or, or college or school or something in the background. So in terms of adjusting that kind of way, it, it's not, it, it wasn't too bad. But in terms of the workload, like this would be my first year qualified teaching and then playing football. So just getting the, the work-life balance was, it took me a, a couple of months to 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 figure it out because you just do so much going on you're, you're constantly on the go you know you have your weekends off but your weekends then are, are recovery and and then you're really correcting at the weekends because you don't have time during the week really to be doing much because every evening is taken up and then during the day you have your work or you could have parent teacher meetings or staff meetings and and everything that goes on in between so um in terms of the, the workload, it, it, it took me a while to adjust. But um, in terms of travel and, and commitment and stuff like that, I've, I've always known to to travel with, with football or for football. Interesting you mentioned Kilkenny there as well, because I suppose it's um, it's always known to be a, a hotbed for hurling. Um, it's not a huge, uh, I suppose, soccer county, although we have had one of our most famous uh, League of Ireland players that went on to play international football, Shawnee Maguire, hails from, hails from Kilkenny. Um, how about yourself? How, was, how did soccer become a big thing in your life? Uh, let's, let's say it's... My dad, probably like my dad was always uh, like you look. My dad likes all sports, and he's he's a big guy, guy lad as well. But um, for me, it was always football. I was always going to going to play football, and to be honest, it was probably the best the sport I was best at when I was growing up as well. So kind of that always tends to be the way you veer when when you're younger. You kind of pick the best one that that you're you're good at, and um, you know, I kind of just kept it going all the way along. It hasn't been smooth sailing like it wasn't. Kind of hasn't been easy for for anyone really in any type of sport to get to any level. But um, I just always enjoyed playing football and I always wanted to see like, you know, what I could get out of it. Always a centre forward, were you? No, I was, I was centre mid in, in schoolboy school days. I, I was centre mid and I gradually then moved further and further up the pitch. It was kind of like I was centre mid from like under eight till about, really till about under 19 when I, when I joined Wexford Youth. And I kind of played in the 10 with Wexford Youth in 19s. And then to get into the first team, you know, what often happens when you're kind of a centimetre or a 10 or a flare player, you kind of get put out wide or, or, or put up top because you might not have the physicality to play in the middle to get into a senior team, but you might kind of be decent enough on the ball or, or good enough ability-wise to play at that level, but you're not quite physically ready. Um, So when I got into Wexford Youth, the first team, I started training, there was kind of a case of, right, I'm not going to get in centimetre, so where can I get in? And I was kind of like out wide or up top. And ever since then, then that's kind of been my position. And you've had, you mentioned Wexford Youth, you had a spell at Athlone Town as well. How did you end up at Treaty United? Yeah, that was a that was a strange one. That was kind of um, like Treaty as a club, the way it was formed was, was um, you know, wasn't like, wasn't straightforward. It wasn't like, I'd say, many other League of Ireland teams at the minute. But um, it was kind of almost overnight job, really. And I was kind of with Athlone at the time and I, I was doing it, I've done a, done a full Athlone pre-season um, and I was, you know, confident that I was going to sign back with that loan. I was told I was, you know, uh, going to be signed. I was part of the plans. And um, one thing led to another. And I think it was maybe a day or two days before the window. Um, the manager calls and just says, look, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they're bringing players in from on loan from Dundalk or people are coming in from America. Don't see you playing much. Don't have the budget, whatever it may be. Um, and this was like two days before the window and then I knew Treaty was obviously a new club but I'm based in Dublin so I wasn't really you know I, I wasn't really considering it to be honest until until Tommy then rang me it literally rang me on a I think it was a 
on Monday night, I went, I went training with, I, tra- I went training with Cabin Teeley just to try and like train, right? Like literally last minute to see what would happen down there. And I finished the session and I had a missed call and obviously I ran it back and it was, it was Tommy Barrett and he was just kind of saying, look, I, I heard about your situation. Is is there any interest in you, in you coming down here? We're trying to get um a few players together, a few players that have played around the league with some experience, you know, would you be interested? And, um, I kind of sat back then. I was like, on top of my head, I was kind of like, oh, I, I don't know. Like, it's a, it's a good travel. Like, it's a two-hour drive up and back. Um, But I still wanted to be in the league and I, I wanted to kind of test myself at, at this level. So I kind of had a chat with family and I kind of, the next day I jumped at it. But it almost didn't go through because obviously Tommy had to try and get his squad together and he only had a certain time. So he ended up signing one of, another kind of local striker in between the window that I had to kind of think about it because he was like look he was like I kind of I need to get a squad somewhat that's capable of, of challenging in, in the league or, or performing and um, it ended up just like the way the way it worked he kind of they end up being able to sign me anyway so it was kind of touch or go what was going to happen and, and ever since then then I kind of haven't looked back I've, I've really enjoyed my time at Treaty and, and I'm really like you know looking forward to what the future holds and, and how the club continues to progress yeah, I was curious to ask you because obviously last season was your best season in front of goal. You got seven goals, 26 appearances, and um, you didn't have a full season the previous season, obviously, with Treaty. So I'm curious now, was it something to do with Tommy Barrett's coaching? Because he's he's a really well-respected coach, I know, in Irish football circles. Um, so I'm just wondering, was that down to him, down to you, or can you tell us a little bit about that? I think it's a bit of everything, really. I, I think I find that, you know, players in general play their best when they're confident do you know what I mean when when you when there's confidence and you get that confidence within yourself but also a small bit comes from management and coaching staff like you you when you go out onto the pitch you, you have to believe that you're going to score you have to believe that you're going to do the job that you set out to do but you also need to it also helps when you have that added bonus that your staff and your the manager and management team believe in you as well you know because you know sometimes especially in, in League of Ireland when you, you, you're getting into it when you're when you're young and you're you're coming from under nineteens, it's like the League of Ireland now it's kind of starting to change. But when I was coming up, it was very much they went off experience and it took a while to build that experience. Do you know what I mean? That you tended to, you know, bring someone in that has played for years rather than give someone a chance maybe that hasn't quite made a name for himself yet or haven't quite played regularly. Um when I came into Treaty, it was just kind of it was very much a a feel good factor about the place. So it was very much you felt like there's just a an environment there that you're you're free to kind of express yourself that you're not worried about taking a bad touch or missing a chance that you're not going to be caned if if you miss one chance or two chances or if something falls and it doesn't quite go right that you know players are there and, and staff are there to support you and I think that's one thing look that's one thing that I think Tommy's great at is that he, he really gives confidence to his players and and he kind of allows players in especially in the final ter- third to be creative that like you know it's not robotic it's like you know we get to the final third and, and feel free to express yourself so that's one thing I think that that definitely helped me last year anyways Yeah and I know your strike partner fellow forwards and the current having a very good season how does that kind of relationship work between yourself and himself on the pitch? Yeah it's it's great like I think we've probably we'd probably like to have played more games together up top you know sometimes mm-hmm. I was out injured a lot the, the first season um and then this season I picked up a few niggles and, and he's picked up an injury too as well. So, you know, we haven't probably played as much as, as we would like to consistently up top together. 
but um he's been brilliant like he's kind of i i get to learn a lot off him every day in in the in games and in, in in the training ground he's brought like a wealth of experience and obviously you know the goals and, and the type of player that he is speaks for himself you know he's he's always um in around that box he, i don't think there's anyone better at, at getting a goal and you know i think um that's something that i kind of try and learn from and, and hope to kind of gain you know as 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 the games games go on yeah, because I was going to ask you as well about the. Obviously, it all depends on formation as well. Tommy, does he? From what I can see, the research I've done, he tends to switch between a back three, back four. Is it? I can't. Yeah, well, like usually he sticks to 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 a back four. Really, like probably okay. predominantly throughout the, the the three years I've been here. Anyway, it's 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 a predominantly a back four. Four-two-three-one. Um, is it then? Exactly. Yeah. Look, so we we change really from like a four-two-three-one or four-four-two. Depending on you know personnel, who we have, who's playing, who's uh, who's available, like for the squad, but it's usually that kind of four five one or four four two kind of formation. But um, sometimes you know with, with personnel, with the players we have at the minute, the three at the back can work. Um, but um, predominantly, yeah, it's, it's, it's he probably favours a four at the back more so. Yeah, now you got uh, Atlanta Town, your old club, uh, this weekend. And well, you've you've had the better of the results against them so far this season. You've beaten them once and drawn with them as well. Um, I'd imagine Athlone Town will be eager not to uh, continue that poor record against uh, Treaty United this weekend. Yeah, look, it, it, that's going to be a tough, tough result. Um, a tough game. Um, I think they've they've picked up a a good kind of run of momentum before the break. I think they were probably one of the teams that probably didn't want the break to happen. Um. If you're going on results and form wise, because they they were playing, they've been playing some really good football and, and scoring some good goals, um, and they've been very good this year. So it's always going to be a tough task. Um, I think against any of the teams this year, it seems to be the the way the league is, is gone this year. It's kind of you have, you know, the two full time teams who are kind of probably a level above um, the rest of the league and then you have your own mini league then between the the remaining kind of eight teams I think I think it's shown that you know teams can take points those out of those eight squads eight teams let's say I think anyone can take points off anyone um, so it's very much kind of who turns up on the day and, and, and you know who has a bit of fortune but um, look, we'll be looking to get a result to bounce back from Cove and of course they'll be looking to keep their run of form going so it should be a good game yeah, and you're eighth in the table, which maybe you say that somebody doesn't look great, but you're looking at the table. There's only five points between yourselves and Bray, who are in that uh, last playoff spot. Um, I spoke to your teammate Willie Armshaw a few weeks ago, and he was pretty bullish over your chance of getting into that playoff um, top five. Uh, is that something you think that the club needs to try and achieve at the least? Once you get to the playoffs, then it's um, who knows what can happen from there. Yeah, look, I think it's a it's a conversation that you know it need, needs to be had. It's a conversation that you know players have within themselves that that staff has. You know, the goals are always to try and push to get into the playoffs. Always push for promotion. I mean, that's every club's goal. You know, every game you want to win, every 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 battle you, you want to try and win, you want to try and get to the playoffs. I think, you know, it's definitely within within our capabilities. We've shown that the last two years, um, you know, we've got to the playoffs. The first year the club was, you know, built was established. We got to the playoffs. The second year we we cemented that and got to the playoffs again. So it's not something that is unheard of or that we're we think that is that we're reached. Like we definitely feel like we're capable of getting to the playoffs. But um, you know, it will be tough. It's it's not going to be easy. I think we we've shown that we can go on a run. I think we we've won four games in a row. 
mm. um, already this year. I think Waterford or Galway are, are the only other teams to do that so far this year. I, I could be wrong, but you know, so it's it's definitely within us. Um, but we just kind of we just need to take it game by game to to get some consistency back in our results to try and keep some clean sheets to get back to basics and and then you know we worry about the playoffs come you know the last five ten games. Absolutely. Well, listen, Dean, best of luck with that. It's been a real pleasure having you on the podcast this week and uh, hopefully we'll chat to you again soon. Brilliant. Thanks, William. Thanks for having me on. John Martin, it's been it's great to have you on the podcast, first of all, this week. Um, feels like a very long break since we've had uh, our last bit of League of Ireland action. I think everybody's dying for this weekend's fixtures. Um, did you go on a trip away yourself over the, the international break or did you do a lot more hard training sessions with Stephen O'Donnell? <laughs> I'd like to say we did the latter there, but it was uh or sorry the former, but it was the latter unfortunately. We went away. Um I went to Greece, yourself and me mate. Um a nice time. Uh, I think everyone everyone really went away and just, just reset and recharged. Uh, it's good to put the feet up for oil, but we're back to business now and we're we're raring to go. It's funny because I had a fellow Kilkenny man, Dean George, on earlier as well. He also went to Greece. I'm wondering, is this is this a, the big thing for the League of Ireland players, or did you actually go see the match? I wonder. He didn't. He didn't manage to catch the the Ireland game. No, no, I was gone by Wednesday, so I I, I missed that unfortunately. But uh, I think the lads were the Irish team flew into the same airport. I think that I was flying into the same day, so boy, I I missed them. But yeah, it's a lovely part of the world, so I'm sure it was popular enough spot with the couple. Of, I met a couple of other League of Ireland heads heading there actually. Uh, can't remember now, but I just seen half the league. I'm sure in the airport, like everyone else. But uh, yeah, it was good, good to get away. And yeah, there's some of the old uh, League of Ireland old timers who uh, are kind of frowning upon this break. It's only a couple of weeks. I don't see any harm myself in in players getting a bit of rest and recuperation, especially because you do sacrifice a lot by playing professional football during the summertime. You, you miss a lot of stuff. Um, what do you think as a player yourself? Do you think the break is a good thing? Um, I'm not sure to be honest. I think. I've I've seen the comments obviously think came from uh Damien Duff obviously it was probably on the highlights highlighted the most recently in in conjunction with the professionalism of, of it all. Like but uh, as a player, like it is nice really to it's something to look forward to. Like I know like like you said there we do sacrifice a lot and we, we really do look forward to just getting the feet up for a while, um, resetting and and that and recharging and recuperating, like you said. But yeah, I suppose going forward maybe it could be something looked at, maybe just to um, just to look into it, maybe just could we keep keep going, and you know, if it's a case that it's one less week a, a year at the end of the year, like I don't know how how he could resolve it, but uh, at the minute, we're happy enough kind of to get the break. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I was looking through your record for this season. You've got four goals so far, but two of them late late winners, a ninety plus one minute winner against Strada United and an 84th minute against Cork City in the last game before the break as a player that must be some incredible buzz when you score a goal late on like that especially a winner what's it like can you describe it uh, you can't really it's just pure elation at the time like your your kind of emotions are just running wild really uh, but like there's no feeling like it like you don't get it anywhere else in the world really like I mean that that feeling that buzz like that, that kick of adrenaline like it's just it's amazing like and just to know you're helping your teammates um, and helping your team, like and, and making the fans happy, like that's that's even more of a buzz than to know um, the buzz you're giving everyone else around you, like so. Yeah, I mean every goal is great, but really like the winners are they're the ones like you you dream about and you visualize when you're you're, you're before you go out to play. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the atmosphere has been brilliant at Oriole Park this season as well, as it has been around all the grounds. And I've been kind of putting this to players and kind of wondering, have you seen, have you kind of really felt that yourselves around the league, that um, whatever about the numbers, it's great for the clubs and for the supporters to have so many packed out stadiums. But as a player, do you really feed off these good atmospheres around the grounds? Yeah, we do big time. Yeah, I think uh, it's improving a lot, especially this year. And there's a big spike, obviously, in in uh, the numbers around around the grounds. And you can really you can really feel it. Like um, it, it's something's really building in the league. Like and and to be fair to the likes of Damien Duff and and fellas like that, I think they they really are pushing it on another level. Like so, yeah, it's it's important like that we keep going. And obviously, the infrastructure of the league, I think grounds are getting better. Like you see Rovers there, their their ground, they're always improving. Hopefully. Um, a couple other grounds can get um sorted in the next few years, but yeah, it's really important for the league obviously to keep growing, and I think obviously the uptake and popularity hopefully um is in line with the uptake and quality in the league this year. I think it's a really competitive league. You can see this year um from the league table, like no no one's really running away with it, and every game is really competitive. Everyone's really pushing each other, and everyone's battling with each other. So I think that's that's really the the main the main point of it. Yeah, it sure is. Um, I wanted to ask you, because we mentioned him just uh, talking about the break and stuff, but what's it like playing for Stephen O'Donnell, a player who was um, one of the best midfielders we've seen in League of Ireland over the last few decades? And uh, a man who, uh, I'd meet him around grounds and he's always great to chat to about what's going on in the league at, at the moment. But I'm sure as a manager, he's a totally different kind of guy. What's he like to play for? Yeah, I mean, he, he's great, really. He demands a lot. Like, it's what we, we all want as players. Like, it's... Uh, a demanding manager like you know and we really feed off that and obviously he always has good things to say about the league and he's he's, he's a lot to say um and I'm, when you, when he's speaking like he really grasps like the room he really has the room like you know you really you sit down and you take notes what he's what he's saying so um yeah obviously he's he's great to play for and we we all really push each other because of his uh, his competitiveness and he wants us to do so well and, and we really feed off that does he kind of give players room within tactics to express yourself or is he kind of like has a game plan for every particular match and, and you kind of need to follow that to try and get the three points? Um, yes and no. I mean, we, we have certain tactics for certain games, obviously depending on the opponent, but um, he, he'll focus more on us a lot of the times and he'll be free with us. Like, you know, with the forward players, especially like as me, like myself, he, he's just like very keen on, on the basics like of it all just getting in the right areas like you know getting the right areas to score like that's what we're supposed to do like as, as forward players is, is getting in in the areas to, to score and go being match winners like so that's that's the basis there's no intricate details that he'll, he'll give us or any any he's not uh, reinventing the wheel in, in that kind of sense you know what I mean he's kind of just more his man managing style is, is to kind of um, just kind of keep your uh, confidence up like in a kind of way so um, yeah, he's very good to work under and I've learned a lot in the last two years. And he's a proven winner as a manager as well. He had a short spell with St. Patrick's Athletic winning the FAI Cup with them and uh, getting him into Europe. When a manager, when, you, when you're under a manager who's won silver, has shown that he is proven at that level, it, that must be important for players as well, is it? Yeah, obviously, yeah. He, he knows what he's talking about. So, um, obviously, like I said, we, we, are, we can all feed off what he, he's saying and um, he, he puts a lot of demands on us and we have to put a lot of demands on ourselves then um, to match them demands um, 
So obviously, obviously he's been there and he's done it, and he's gonna he's gonna keep taking us to to the next level. I think. Now I would say, looking ahead to Friday's game, he's warned you against another five goal thriller in the Loud Derby. Of course, finished three two, thanks to your late winner the last day. But um, I'm sure he's probably tearing his hair out uh, over the goals that, that were conceded. Yeah, um, obviously we we did have a a rough spell around there. Um, we were not sure we couldn't really put a finger on it why we we weren't clicking. Um, but we were leaking a lot of goals and stuff, and we just kind of weren't gelling together as a team for whatever reason. But um, I think we've got it right now, and we're, we're kind of on the the straight and narrow. So we hope, anyway, fingers crossed. But yeah, um, I think we've we've sorted out the problems, and we're looking forward to the the match on Friday. Obviously, they're not going to be easy. Uh, it's never an easy game against them up there. They're they're on a good little run. I think they had a good result before before the break against Pats. So. Um, you know that they're they're very resilient side. Like so, um, we'll have our homework done and we'll be we we'll prepped and ready to go. Yeah, because I think we've seen across the season, Drada are usually much better when they've got a good run at a game in the sense that they don't they tend to maybe underperform when they have to play Monday after a weekend. But you know they've 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 got had a lot of time to prepare for this match now, so that must be a little bit of a concern as well. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah, we we're we're sound and and knowing that we we put in the work over the last week. We came back in there Friday and we we put a couple of good days of training together. So, uh, we won't be too bothered about. Uh, we won't be thinking about them. Should I say? Really, we'll just be focusing on ourselves and we'll get down to the the tactical side of things this week and um, hopefully we can put together a good performance. And do you feel that kind of bit of needle in these loud derbies because it is a, a really hard-fought local rivalry? Yeah, you do, especially yeah. The, um, obviously, the, the quality really of the the games are are very very high. Like, but obviously that side of it, we need to we need to be on our game because they're they're very um, they're very aggressive and they pick up a lot of second balls and stuff. In fairness, they're a very gamey team. Like, um, so you have to be really on it and that side of it. Tell us a little about uh, Rayan Tulloch. He's a player I've kind of been watching and very impressive. I know he's only a young guy as well and, and perhaps on loan at Dundalk, but um, what have you made of him yourself? Yeah, he's brilliant. Obviously, we could tell straight away he had that little bit, little bit of magic, a little bit of flair. Like you could see it straight away in the training sessions. His, his feet were, his feet are a joke, honestly, in training. He's, uh, the way he moves at the ball, like he's, he's, he's just... He just has it, like you know what I mean. He has the the level to go as far as he wants, and that's what it is. It's just uh, between the years for him if he can, if he can really push on, because I think he can he can really go and play Premier League if he wanted to. Um, obviously he's done well so far. Um, he'll obviously want to finish it off, finish off his loan spell well, and um, we'll see from there. But we'll be following his career. Hopefully, he can go on and make a few appearances wherever wherever he goes. What about your own ambitions in in football, then, John? Like, is it kind of I'm at Dundalk now, on the best club, one of the best clubs in Ireland, and got to see how much success I can have with Dundalk? Yeah, at the minute, um, um, look, I'm I'm not saying that I've done fucking I've done sorry brilliantly uh, at the minute. Um, obviously, I'd like to play more um, up here, but I'm. Yeah, I know you've played a lot of. You've come off the bench in a lot of yeah. games. I was looking through your record there, so that's becoming a regular starter. I suppose the key one for you. Yeah, that is obviously you set yourself little goals, and that is the goal at the minute. Obviously, to establish myself more in the team. But um, yeah, over the break, you kind of reflect on on what you've done, and 
Um, I'm happy to contribute with the goals so far, but um, I had my own goals and I obviously didn't reach them. And then you go away and you set your own goals for the rest of the season. Um, and that's just what I'll do. We just keep working hard. You, you just come in every day and work hard and hopefully you can reach them goals. But um, going forward and looking forward to playing in Europe and that's going to be a new test for me. Obviously, I haven't played there before. and um, Hopefully, we can really push on the league as well and hopefully we can play more games. Yeah, what's the reaction like being to the to the draw for Dundalk for, for Europe? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's okay draw. We don't know too much about him. Uh, obviously, we talked to Louis. Ainsley a bit, he knows a couple of the lads there. Um but look, we won't uh won't take them for granted or anything. Um obviously the Gibraltar League, we're not sure I'm not really sure myself um what kind of um standards is held yeah. but yeah. But look, we'll we'll prepare for like any other game and um, you're kinda of heading into the unknown a bit when you're playing in Europe, you never know what you're gonna get, so you can't be complacent and We'll go there and we'll enjoy it. But hopefully, like I said, we can put on a good performance and get you to the next round. Yeah, Bruno's Magpies, of course, from Gibraltar. And uh, just that you mentioned Louis now, because uh, he uh, made a very crucial intervention in the game against Ireland there the other night. It looked like James McLean was going to have the perfect night, winning his 100th cap. He was right in front of goal. He was about to bury it. And up pops your teammate to stop the dream night for James McLean. We talked to him about it. Yeah, I spoke to him a little bit about it. Uh, it's funny, I was at the game um, and I kind of, you're kind of watching Louis as well as trying to support <laughs> Ireland and I had noticed he was there and I was kind of really like cheering for the goal that could have went in but also cheering because I knew it was Louis that blocked it. So it was funny and <laughs> um, that kind of sense for, um, yeah, no, I think he was cheering and everything after even though he was tuning down so I was giving a bit of slagging for that. <laughs> Yeah. So no, he did brilliant I thought in fairness to him um, it's good to have Louis around he's he's a big character in the in the, in the dressing room and we're all really proud of what he's done yeah very accomplished defender indeed just to ask you about your old club Waterford I think you left your brother there behind didn't you as well Paul Martin yeah I did uh, twin brother he's doing well at the minute Thank he God. sure is I was looking there 19 appearances and in fact look I was, go- I was going through both your stats here John right so you've got uh 20 Premier Division appearances, four goals. Now, I know you can't really compare goalkeepers and, and, and forwards or attackers. Um, yeah. He's got 19 appearances and eight clean sheets. So I'd say Paul, I think, is having a better season based on that rough uh, rough statistic there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a bragging right for, for the moment, anyway. Yeah, do you think he's got a good chance of coming up, though, in the Premier Division next season? What would that be like playing against your brother in the top flight? Yeah. It'll be funny, all right. Yeah, it'll be a weird one for me, uh, mum and dad. Uh, they already had it briefly last year so they beat us they had the bragging rights in the cup last year <laughs> uh, but no I'll be, I'll be I will be. I have a, a little eye on them every weekend to see how they're getting on but I think they're they're trying to push Galway I think Galway will run away with it a bit but you never know they could come back and or if not they'll have a good playoff run I'm sure yeah they will indeed just to ask you finally I know you're a Kilkenny man you're a big Kilkenny hurling fan as well what did you make of the Leinster final some drama there wasn't it yeah, there was. Yeah, I actually missed it because obviously I was out in Greece. There was no one showing an old hurling game in, in uh, that part of the world. But um, <laughs> I was delighted to see the result anyway. And obviously, I have to brag rights over a few Galwegians in, uh, in the team. Uh, the gaffer and Pat Hoban and the like. So yeah. uh, I'll uh, try to get tickets to the, the All-Ireland semi-final now. And maybe I'll, I'll bring a few of the British boys and submerse them in the Irish culture. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. Come here, like, look, it's their first year, new manager since Brian Cody left. Do you think there's any chance of them maybe snatch one here on, on Limerick or whoever gets through and either semi-final and into the final eventually? Oh, there's always a chance, yeah, Uncle Kenny around. Mm. We're, uh, we're built differently down there, so um, I think we, we have a good chance. Uh, I don't think Limerick are the, the same team they were now in previous years, so I think we, uh, we definitely have a good, a good chance. Absolutely. Well, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, John Martin. It's uh, always great to hear somebody who's uh, got an interest in other sports. But look, best of luck for the rest of the season with Dundalk. It's been a pleasure speaking to you and hopefully we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks very much, Stephen. All the best. I'm delighted to have Connor Kearns on the LOI Match Day podcast this week. Thanks a million, Connor, for joining us. I just want to ask you first, the reaction to uh, signing your new contract takes you up to the end of next season. You must be pretty delighted with that. Uh, over the moon over the moon I think once the manager came to me and said they wanted to extend the deal it was a no-brainer and uh, obviously the club's gone through a transitional period at the moment so it was just waiting a week or two for the formality of that to be done and you know thankfully it was a quick enough process and just happy kind of to have that wrapped up now and enable the folks on the stuff on the pitch again Yeah and I would say it's well deserved because looking at your record this season just 14 goals conceded. That's the fewest in the in the top division. And uh, you've got uh, almost one and two clean sheets yourself. You've got nine, I think, in 20 matches. What do you put this good form down to? Obviously, you've got a good defence playing in front of you. Well, coach, but just from a personal point of view, why do you think your your own goalkeeping has been so good this season? I uh, appreciate you being so specific so that I can't just parry that, by the way. I'm sure the cliche defence answer. Uh, I think from a personal perspective, I think that we work very hard with Paul Skinner, our goalkeeper coach. Um, I do work very hard with Joey O'Brien in terms of defensive setup and and how to almost limit the actions I'll have in the game through like organisation with the back line. Um, and then I think a big part of it is just in, enjoying it so much, enjoying the football, enjoying the training, training at a high intensity. You just feel sharp going in every week. Um, look, not every game is going to be perfect, but I think I've been. Fortunate, I suppose, at times that I've been able to come up with some some big moments for the team. But, you know, like the flip side of that is there'll be moments that I won't cover myself in glory and they'll obviously have my back, you know. So it's, you know, it's just the way it is. I'm pleased with my own performances to a certain degree, but, you know, always looking for room to improve. And maybe that striving to be better every week is kind of pushing me to keep my standards up. I've seen you pull off some great saves in previous seasons, but this season, especially... um. Like is that something you've already always had naturally? Um, those kind of quick reflexes, the ability to get across the goal, or is that something you've worked on with Paul as well? I think it's a combination of both. I think anyone who ends up playing a goal, well, maybe it's just from a young age, you just have that natural knack of you like throwing yourself around the goal. You know, you like you like being busy and being a bit hyper. Um, and then it's just I suppose fine tuning things with with Skinner in terms of positioning and trying to get into the best position and trying to be there as, as, as quick as you can. Um, so it's, it is a combination of both, I suppose. I've always kind of loved being in between the sticks and, and throwing myself around, you know, the old, uh, the old cliche of diving around in the mud. And then, uh, yeah, in, in training, then you just, just work as hard as you can to put yourself in the best position and try trust in those natural instincts and the reflexes you try to work on. Yeah, it's funny because of whatever way it's the, the weeks have fallen, I've had a fair few goalkeepers on this year and spoke to the likes of Lee Stacey, um, Jack Brady at Longford Town as well. And actually, Lee was an interesting one because he's in around the 30 mark now and he's saying that he can see himself going, uh, having a, quite a long career. He was saying, hopefully, like the likes of Alan Manis, Brendan Clark, even, um, who are both playing at a, at a brilliant level. 
you're 25 now. Do you see yourself as having a, a very long League of Ireland career? Do you think perhaps you could, uh, you know, maybe play overseas somewhere? I think for myself, it's just trying to perform at as high a level I possibly can and, and working as hard as I can to, to reach that, I suppose, maximum potential, if you like. Um, whether that's here or abroad, I think is a case of performing and, and seeing if other people... Uh, want to bring up the level. So at the moment, the focus is trying to be a part of a club that's trying to climb the ranks in the League of Ireland um, and doing my best to, to improve that. Um, I think at a young age, you kind of get caught up on on, on long-term ambitions um, where for me now, I'm at a point in my career where it's it's short-term goals and trying to develop myself as a player as much as possible and letting the rest sort of fall into place, if you like. Um, I think it would be pessimistic of me to, to immediately shut down any thoughts that I could you know, climb a ladder whether it's it's here or elsewhere. Um, but I won't be getting wrapped up in in thinking about, oh, I'd love to play an XYZ place. It's just I'd love to play to the best of my potential and wherever that takes me, that's where it takes me. Yeah, absolutely. You did say when you uh, signed a new deal and it was announced in the news that you felt that Tolka Park uh, Shelburne Football Club is a very exciting place to be at the moment. What do you put that down to? I think huge part of it is the staff. I think we have like the staff you have is just has this incredible wealth of knowledge, um, incredible standards. They bring a real energy and and positive uh, atmosphere to the place that, I, to be honest, I haven't experienced in in any dressing room before. Um, and it's maybe a level of ambition that personally, without disrespecting any other clubs I've been to, because I've loved every club I've been a part of and you know had so many positive experiences there. It's probably unrivaled in the way it's in the way it's being approached. Um, and obviously the ownership, the new ownership now uh, in terms of the owners of the club is another great step for the club and I think the supporters are a huge part of it I think you know Shelburne have had fantastic support throughout the years and I even remember footage of during COVID-19 the supporters going out with flares socially distancing guiding the bus down uh, before a playoff so an incredible loyal support group that they have there it's all those moving parts that make the club so enjoyable to be a part of and uh, so exciting to see what they could possibly achieve. Interesting, just you touched on the the new owners and uh, I suppose there's two different points of view. There's the point of view that this is really great for a League of Ireland club, getting that investment. That'll perhaps go into playing staff, into academies, you know, perhaps redeveloping Tolga Park or at least trying to uh, extend the capacity um, then there's the other view then as well, and there was, you know, there was talk of that uh, particular um, party buying Dundalk, and then perhaps Dundalk having to play by whole city formation because there is the connection there to two clubs, and maybe using uh, Dundalk as a kind of a feeder club into an English Championship club. Is that our concern, or do you take the more positive view of the the kind of investment side of things, or? Is there a concern for Irish clubs now that they're going to be maybe bought over by the, these overseas interests and that they will basically be feeding another club in a different league? I think there is in the League of Ireland because of the way things have gone previously in years gone by, a, a natural, I don't want to say maybe pessimism, but caution with any sort of uh, wealthy ownership that comes in. Um, but it's something that I don't think the people involved at Shelburne Football Club would have been so for if they saw a number of negatives being a part of it. Of course, it's a concern because it's just, I suppose, I don't know if it's just an Irish mentality or if it's specifically League of Ireland mentality, but there's that fear factor in everything. Nobody really is comfortable with massive change. But as a player, you've limited control over the way things are going to pan out under new ownership. I've had 
brief interactions with one or two of the new faces who've come in and they've been largely positive. So I prefer to stick on the side of the excitement of everything and, and seeing the positive positives that can come out of it. And um, look, it, ultimately, it's a matter of trusting in your new owners, having faith in them, having faith in the message that they put out. And I'm actually not on, I'm not on Twitter or, or anymore, but I, my brother was telling me himself that a lot of the whole city supporters have lots of positive things to say about the honest. So hopefully that's a, a positive sign. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I suppose moving on from the new ownership and that kind of thing, going back to stuff on the pitch at the moment, it's a really good run at the moment. Quick uh, trivia question there for you now, Connor. The last, well, you've got one defeat in this run since March. How many games? One defeat in how many matches? Thirteen or fourteen? Yeah, thirteen games. Very good, very good. So one defeat in thirteen matches. That is an incredible record. Um, I suppose a testament to Damon Duff's coaching and, and all the staff as well. But as players, you must go out on the pitch kind of feeling, you know, so confident, almost bulletproof these days. Yeah, I think we have that confidence that we know we're a difficult team to well, we have been a difficult team to beat up to this point of the season, and that comes from from hard work that if, if we don't continue to do it, then, you know, that sort of record will fade away. Um, so it, it's kind of a double-sided coin. You know, obviously, it, it's brilliant to go on a run where, you know, teams have to work hard to beat you. Um, teams aren't going to get lots of chances to to put you to the sword. I'm, I'm hoping I jinx myself now, but I don't think we've been beaten by more than one goal this season. I think they've all been one goal, 2-1 and 3-1 nil. So the other side of it is, there's a couple of draws in there that we would like to have turned into wins, um, particularly the last game before the break. So I think we have to find, try to work to find that ruthless edge that those games that are on a knife edge, we start racking up more wins and start putting more teams to the sword ourselves because I don't know how many draws are in that run, but certainly there's two or three games off the top of my head that we would rather, as good as it is not to have lost, there could be more wins on the board. Like. Absolutely. Now, I don't want to remind you about the bad results, but unfortunately I have to because you're playing St. Patrick's Athletic this weekend. They've beaten you twice, home and away. Um, can you understand or do you, have you figured out maybe why Pat seemed to have the, the Indian sign on you this season? To be fair, I think in both games, there, were, there was nothing to separate either of us and Pat scored off two set pieces, both games, and were able to hold on to, 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 to keep us out. If we were being honest with ourselves with our best performances this season, probably not. I think we, we need to go into the game now against St. Pat's, maybe a newfound confidence that they have struggled to break us down in those games. They have struggled to, I think in the first game in particular, we we were very, very good in the ball. Um, we played really, really well. Hit hit the crossbar, I think. Could have gotten a result out of it. So I wouldn't say that we feel this inferiority complex to Pats like they have our number I think they've come out the better of two very very tight games and for us now it's trying to find that like I said killer instinct and a little bit of self-belief to uh, to go and try to get three points because ultimately that is our, our aspirations on Friday night that's what we want to achieve so they have a wealth of talent in their squad but you know so have we and if we can turn up and perform to the best of our abilities we know we can beat them yeah. Absolutely. And just looking at the table there, before I let you go, Connor, I'm looking at uh, St. Pat's in the third qualifying position, third place for uh, Europe for next season. And you're just five points behind them and a game in hand over them as well. So Europe and qualifying for Europe must be a, a realistic ambition now for this Shelburne team this season, considering the start that you've had. 
I think it's a realistic ambition as long as we continue to strive for not necessarily saying the European place, but the performances that we've put in and trying to be better than we were in the first part of the season. I think it's all well and good saying, talking about trying to get into Europe, saying you want to do it. And the other side of it is, like I said, we can't afford to leave the points on the table that maybe left in the first part of the season. We can't afford to lose too many of those games, like the ones against St. Pat's where they're on a knife edge and we we give up a, a set piece or something like that and lose. But absolutely, European football is, is a target of the club. We've been quite vocal about that. I think the manager's right in saying we've no divine right to to achieve it or to say we want to achieve it. But if we knuckle down and improve the performances but continue to work as hard as we have done, then it's absolutely achievable, yeah. Absolutely. Well, listen, Connor. it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Best of luck with yeah, the rest of the season and uh, hope we'll talk to you again soon on the podcast. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me, Stephen. LOI Match Day on Off The Ball.